What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another installment here of Honest and Uneducated, the show where we talk about anything from movies, movie news, video games, comic books, just all sorts of fun stuff like that. Uh, Rick Metz, not able to join us today. Might get into that here in a little bit. Uh, but we do have Mr. John Knight here. Uh, how you doing today, John? I'm good, man. How are you doing? Not too bad. Not too bad, all things considered. Oh, wow. I'm really close there. I need to maybe sit back a little bit. <laughs> you should be good. You should be all right. Now you're really far back on this one. Is oh, it, I'll, I'll probably fix it throughout the throughout the show. That's what happens okay. when, when we we spend so much time bullshitting before the show because like I, I didn't worry about lining anything up. Just oh, I hope it'll be well, good I, from last time. I've redone my background, so it kind of threw off. I I think my camera got moved while I was moving stuff around in my room here, so I'm sure yeah. that threw some stuff off. Well, it makes you look more educated because now you got all the books there behind you. <laughs> you know, there's no one needs to read too much into it to see their their comic books and stuff, but they're just they're books. I'm educated in comics, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. a good bookshelf to have, though. I just wanted to throw out a quick shout out. Uh, one of our, we have a loyal viewer that I just found out about like last week, uh, Lachelle Collins. She's a romance, suspense, uh, horror, rock star, uh, a lot of different things she gets into, but she's, she's a writer and um, she's an yeah. author and she read quite a few books. And I found out that she, uh, she watches our show each and every week. So I just wanted to give a quick shout out to Lachelle and thank her for watching that. That was pretty cool to find out. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We'd, sure. love to hear, we'd love to hear from our other loyal viewers that, you know, drop a comment in the comment section below. Let us know who you are and what you do. Yeah, and then come chill every every Friday, usually every Friday. I, I This yep. past Friday, I, we weren't able to because I had an actual, like, 9 to 5 uh, work thing that ended up running me till 1 o'clock in the morning. That was not <laughs> a fun time. Um, literally was on this work call from 6 p.m. until 1 o'clock in the morning. It was my entire night. After just working on, up until that point, anyway, so it was, it was literally, I was working from essentially six six thirty in the morning until one in the morning the next day. I work from home, day. so it's not like Jesus. too strenuous. It's IT stuff, so it, but it's it's the principle. Okay, that's a long time to sure. be working, like in any capacity. But needless to say, every Friday we usually stream. So come chill with us there play video games and do stuff like that. So that's that. But we got some we got some good stuff to talk about. Some stuff that has me concerned in some ways. Um but we'll we'll get into it here. We'll get in we'll get we'll get into our first topic here, all right? This is the one that actually has me kind of concerned. The first topic here you guys may have heard uh well a couple months back I think we even talked about the first word came out that JJ Abrams may be involved in making either a what was it uh justice league dark or a superman movie with warner brothers because he signed like an overall warner brothers deal i think at the beginning of the year or towards the end of 2020 one of the two it was it was like shortly rise of skywalker was the last movie he did before he like started the this overall wb exclusive five-year deal thing for like hundreds of millions of dollars so good on you jj i'd take in the deal too for sure but yeah, we so we got word that he was going to be doing one of those, and it seems like the Superman project is indeed moving forward with the a writer who I'm not personally very familiar with, and I'm gonna I know I'm gonna butcher the name, 
Tanahisi Coates. I'm going with that. So I'm already apologizing again. I yeah, I've never heard it audibly said, so just roll with it. Um, but he's uh, attached to be writing a Superman reboot with J.J. Abrams producing it. So the, no like director or anything has been attached to it or anything like that. There's no plot details. There's n- nothing. And then this first article that came out, this is where my worry comes through. Um, the first article here from Deadline when this first dropped said that we've heard how Henry Cavill is eager to get back into the cape. That's all I've been wanting since Man of Steel came out. I've been waiting for Man of Steel 2. So, don't know if Warner Brothers have been going on with that. But, the other thing is, like, later on, after these articles came out, um, some new articles came out suggesting that they might be moving forward with a black Superman story. So, that would obviously rule out the Henry Cavill thing. But that doesn't necessarily mean it would be... Henry Cavill Superman would be like DOA because they could still potentially do something um, like with Henry Cavill Superman, like kind of separately from this. Because I would assume if they were going to go the the Black Superman route that they would do Calvin Ellis. Is that his name? Calvin Calvin Ellis? I think. Calvin Ellis. There's also yeah. uh, Val, 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 Val Zod. Zod. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they there's a couple in the comics that they could draw from if they chose to go that route. Yeah. Which is when I would, I would rather them do that than just make Clark black for the sake of doing Cause there's already, there's this black characters already that they could just make those ones. We've already seen Clark Kent and Kal-El hundreds of times. You know what I mean? Like I would rather see the new one, like tell the new story. Um, I think it'd be a lot more compelling. You know what I mean? It's, this is a better take than just, well, it just race swap and gender swap, and like it's if you got just do what's already well, there. It, it, yeah, like like if like you said, if they didn't use one of the established black supermen that they have in their universe, um, then it kind of feels like, at least to me, it kind of feels like you're just doing it just to do it. Like it, it you know, it's like you, I don't know. There there doesn't seem to be a lot of good reason to do it other than just like hey look we made superman black like if you want to really delve into like the black experience and how the immigrant story works from a black person's perspective in in america then then use one of the characters that you know would represent that yeah exactly and that that's that would be my only concern in the end i don't really care what they do i just think it's kind of wasted like because like like you said, and like I was saying, like there's already multiple ones that actually exist, and then it, it would again it'd be like making James Bond a girl just for the, for no real reason. Instead of there being their own double O agent that's a girl, it's like oh we're just gonna make James Bond a girl. You know, it's like well dude, just tell a new story. Like that's it. Because in the end, Superman, Clark Kent, Kal El, he's not white. He's he's an alien. So like he's not like a Caucasian male yeah. by any means. So like doesn't really matter in the end what his skin color is completely irrelevant information it's just if there's count just do calvin else it just makes more sense to me and i would rather see that and then obviously too because i would I i want henry to continue on as clark obviously but in the end I don't know. I, I hope they go this route. The, I, I think it'd be really interesting because, again, there were also reports like way back when with uh, Michael B. Jordan potentially 
like had taken or uh, tried to pitch a black Superman. I don't know if I don't think it was ever confirmed whether it was going to be Calvin Ellis or Clark or whoever, but Warner Brothers like turned that down. Nothing really came of it, but I mean now they're. Have you seen some of the? Doing through it. Have you seen some of the photoshops of that? I mean, I think he fills out the, the outfit just well, pretty well. That would, I think he looked pretty tough in that. So that would, yeah. I'd love to see him come back to the project if if, if that is something they end up pursuing. Yeah, absolutely. Michael B. Jordan's a fantastic actor, so I'd I'd love to see him come and do. I'd love to see him exactly. really do anything. So, but yeah, to see him playing like a, a Calvin Ellis or a Superman in general, it'd be pretty cool. Nevertheless. I think it would be great. So again, I'm not super familiar with um, the writer's work. There was a couple things that they said he was credited on. Like I think he did some form of like rewrites or touch ups on like Infinity War and Endgame and Black Panther. Then he did some runs in the comics, I think, as well um, for Captain America and Black Panther. So he's he's the writer is definitely experienced in the the comic book world for sure so those are some big credits and so all of his comic book work has been well received too and so um i'd love to see what he could do with the character of superman um is i think the the book that he's gotten the most acclaim for is uh between the world and me which is kind of um his perspective his look at um, race in America and how it affected him growing up. And um, it's an excellent book that if, you know, anybody gets a chance to check out, I would encourage them to, to look at because he has, he has a, a really good way of not coming off as a victim. Like he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't treat it from a sense of, um, Oh, woe is me. These bad things have happened to me. He treats it as a, as kind of like a, a source of pride that he is, um, he has dealt with everything he's dealt with and still ended up where he is. Um, he has a, he has a very touching story about, you know, the one time that he ever kind of felt like he, his, his race, Put him into a, a position where he he wasn't happy with the way he acted. Um, somebody somebody had, had touched his kid or like grabbed his kid and was trying to reprimand his kid, and he kind of kind of lost it on the person. And he realizes that um, because of his skin color, people didn't look at him as being angry about the situation because it's a par- as a parent and a, a child touching him but just as a black man overreacting and it was it was, it was he has a very good way of distilling things down to kind of a, a way that you can you can you can at least understand where he's coming from you may not be able to you know i can't i can't think of the right word i want you may not be able to to fully understand what the experience is like Exactly. You may not be able to thank you. You may not be able to relate to it completely, but at least he gives you a sense of, you know, here's a situation where like anybody would be upset that their child was being reprimanded by another person. But as a black man, it became something else. It became something more, even though it shouldn't have. Um, so he does a good job of making his experiences relatable. And he does that throughout the book. Um, so I, I'm, 
I would love to see his take on the Superman mythos, but I'd, I'd love it too if they decide to go to make Superman a black character and just see what kind of what kind of spin that puts on. Because Superman has always been this messianic savior um, for a lot of people that would conflict with the black experience and black people's experience, and and especially with regards to the history of the United States. So. Um, it would be interesting to see how he would how he'd weave those two together. Yeah, it would be interesting because, like again, too, it would have some interesting uh, like character beats because, like you said, like he Superman's always dealt with being like an outsider as far as like he's an alien. But then if he if you throw on top of that, you know, just the different things that uh, black people have been through throughout the years, it has a whole other layer of potential like character development, kind of like Magneto being. Uh, a Jew during like the Holocaust and all that. It's a whole other level of just human darkness that just can mold, you know, their outlook. And that's what makes Magneto one of the coolest characters ever is just his backstory, you know? So they could work in a lot of cool stuff with that would just further develop. And it would really set this Superman apart while also making him very relatable to everybody because everyone can, like if we may not be able to directly relate to you know, what they would be going through, but we totally understand like exactly where they're coming from. You know, like we, we, we know like mm-hmm. it would be, it'd be really cool. It'd be interesting. I'm excited for it. Whichever way they go. I hope Henry can still find, maybe make man of steel one day, man of steel two. That's all I'm hoping for. That's, but. that's what I was going to say. DC seems to be positioning themselves to do these kind of, um, either one-off or self-contained movie universes now. Um, you know, the uh, Joker with Joaquin Phoenix, you know, mm-hmm. that movie exists in its own universe. It's not tied into the DCEU or or a or a more ongoing narrative universe. Um, there's questions about whether or not Aquaman and Wonder Woman are still, if there even is a connected DCEU anymore. Um, so I, I still hope, well, I'd love to see this movie, and I hope that it does get made. Um, I I really do hope also that we get a Man of Steel two with him at some point because I mean we've talked about it before you don't catch that kind of lightning in a bottle with casting of Superman that often um, once a generation I think Cavill is really uh, at least for the Clark Kent version of Superman embodied that role um, so we'll see the other thing to point out too is like you said the the idea that would be writing a black Superman movie kind of was thrown out after this initial statement or after this initial news report. And he himself in the comments of, about the um, announcing this, this agreement to work with Warner Warner brothers on this and JJ Abrams production company, he doesn't say anything about what race Superman is going to be in his movie. He just says he's excited to be working um, with JJ Abrams production company and Warner brothers. So, you know, it could be that he's working on a Clark Kent version of Superman story um, that, that isn't necessarily a black Superman. That's awesome, too. I, I think he would, you know, he's an excellent writer and he's, you know, obviously, he's like you mentioned, he's got the comic credentials. So um, I, he could do just as equally well with that, too. Yeah, absolutely. We'll just have to wait and see. No way of knowing yet. That's why, like, I wasn't sure. I, I don't I don't like when. It's especially annoying when you have credible sources, like Deadline. They release an article that just says, hey, a new Superman movie is on the way, and they mention Henry, but then you have Hollywood Reporter saying like something completely different. 
you know, like Hollywood reporters referencing that it's going to focus on a black character. It's like, normally you can rule one out, but it's like, well, this is just two very reliable sources. So, I mean, it could go either way right now, but it was a good thing to note that uh, no one from Warner Brothers or uh, Coates himself or J.J. Abrams, no one directly attached to these projects have came out to clarify what they're doing. So, at this point, we will just have to wait and see. The, the other part of this that we didn't really talk about a ton was you, you mentioned and you kind of when you were covering it, how it's JJ Abrams production company. And this is kind of one of the things that they're working on. Mm -hmm. um, they, the announcement said that JJ is listed as a producer on the film, mm -hmm. um, not a director, not obviously not script. Um, and we all know that production credits can kind of just be tossed around out there a dime a dozen for True. some, especially some movies. Um, I mean, Zack Snyder as a justice league. I think Chris Nolan has a production credit on it yet. I don't know. I mean, well, I know that Chris Nolan had a production credit on the justice league, the Joss Whedon version of justice league. And I, I really doubt that his involvement was much more beyond, Hey, we, can we put your name as a producer? So, um, I think obviously if this is coming from his bad robot company, he'll probably have a little more involvement with it. Um, but I can't say that I'm terribly disappointed in that. Like I'm not, I, I think I, 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 at this point I prefer if JJ just kind of maybe went back and did some creator own stuff instead of genre hopping or franchise hopping. Um, at one point I would have liked to have seen a Superman, but you know, um, after, the Star Wars movies, I'm kind of okay just being like, yeah, let's see what you do in your own stuff, JJ, and we'll, we'll pass on the superhero stuff. Yeah, I mean, um, I, the only thing I would say to that is, like, I actually, I'm one of the few people out there, I know there's a couple, of, a couple of us out there, but I actually liked his Star Trek movies. I thought they were pretty good. Yeah. Like, those were, like... Sure. Now, granted, I don't know how much of that was like, uh, I mean, James Wan did one of them, if I'm not mistaken, and then uh, Justin something does a couple Fast and Furious movies, can't remember who, but like, I, he was just, he, I think he directed the first one, but then like the rest of them he was just producer on, and I thought they were all pretty damn good, in all honesty. They weren't like your old Star Trek, by any means, but it was definitely a... A new take on Star, and I thought he did a good job. I liked Force Awakens as well. Like that, I, I stand by that. That is like good movie. Nothing earth shattering and new, but it is a good movie. Like it's it's watchable. Unlike the other ones, like you know, like I, if you wanted to tell me that the Last Jedi is unwatchable, I'm not gonna argue with you. Like <laughs> I, I may not a hundred percent agree, but I might. I, I definitely see where you're coming from, especially with Rise of Skywalker. That movie is both those movies are. I, I totally see why people will be frustrated with them because I know I am for for quite a bit of it. So for sure. So I'd be excited to see what his take on Superman would be. I was really hoping for uh, Henry Campbell and Christopher McQuarrie to make a Superman movie. Because, like, he just did Mission Impossible, you know, whichever one it was with him. Um, was it Fallout? Was that the one that he Ghost was in? Fallout, yeah. Was it Fallout? I can't remember. Either way, I was there was, like, rumors that, like, they might be, like, wanting him to come in and do it. But then he, Chris McQuarrie came out and said that he, does, he would never want to do a superhero, superhero movie. And blah. But 
money talk, so I was just hoping that like they'd be able to back up enough money to him for him Come to on. do it. <laughs> is there is there that big a jump between a Mission Impossible movie and a superhero movie? I mean, I, I wouldn't. You're think splitting so, some yeah. hairs there when you're. Yeah, but he, what he said was he didn't like how like the fandom treats people, and he was and so okay. he was saying it wasn't really something that he would ever willingly want to be a part Fair of. Point. I'm just like, I totally understand, you know. So I mean, we had Mustache Gate, yeah. and like the people still make fun of that, you know. And it's like yeah. we're a, we're a fickle group of people, so I can't blame anybody. Like I like this is why I don't think Ryan Johnson's gonna go anywhere near Star Wars again. Like you know what I mean? Like it's just why would you? You know, it's just like it's not even worth it. Maybe ghostwrite them and yeah. something, and maybe even ghost direct them, like. So, like, because it's like once you attach his name to a Starboard thing, you're just going to have 50 plus percent of people just shitting on him for no reason. They'll write off the movie before they see the movie. It's just, you know, it's just fickle group of people, man. It's a fickle group of people. But that's about it. That's all I have for the Superman <laughs> thing. So, guys. What do you think? What, are you excited for uh, Coates here? I'm gonna I'm gonna forego pronouncing the first name again because I just I don't know how it's pronounced. But what do you think about him and J.J. Abrams coming on to write a Superman reboot of sorts? Do you want Henry Cavill to come back for it? Do you, or do you, do you want them to go the Black Superman route with like a Calvin Ellis or uh, the the Zod one? I can't even remember the name now. Val Zod, Val Zod. That's the one. Are you excited for that? Whatever it is, let us know down in the comment section below. All right, guys. So our next topic here keeps us in the realm of the DC Universe and a uh, not so much a reboot this time, but a new rendition. This character has made one appearance, if you remember way back when. And there were rumors that he was going to be making another appearance with Booster Gold. This is also where he did make his appearance was with Booster Gold in the show Smallville. But I'm, of course, talking about the Blue Beetle himself, Jaime Reyes, is getting his own live-action movie from DC. And this excites me in a lot of ways because I have actually, I've always liked the Jaime Reyes character, personally. I thought it was cool. I thought the, this rendition, the newer type of, like, Blue Beetle with the alien scarab that pretty much just gives him Iron Man armor is pretty cool. And one of the reasons I really actually, I think this could work, especially, like, today like nowadays more so than it ever could have before was one because of the technology we have like just look at iron man's nanotech suit and like infinity war and endgame that's exactly how blue beetle functions like for the most part and then um but him as a character is far more along the lines of a a miles morales or peter parker kind of personality so like you combine that with iron man like type of abilities it kind of it just i can totally see it working out super well right now so like i'm pretty excited for it and this is actually coming to us from uh director angel manuel soto again i'm not very familiar with this gentleman's work either um so I, i'm all for whatever i'm I, I, I got nothing to comment on so if you guys are familiar with his work, let us know what you think about that down in the comments. But I'm just excited for to for just to finally see Blue Beetle on screen. I kind of would have liked to have seen Booster Gold at some point, but I've never really cared for the. Granted, I didn't really read too much of it, John, myself, but the Booster Gold and Jaime Reyes like team up. I never. I don't even know if that was. I think it was. A, wasn't it Ted Cord? 
and Booster Before, Gold. Yeah. yeah, so I was like, I don't really know why they would do that anyway. So I would love to see freaking Booster Gold at some point. Because I'll tell you right now, the one thing that DC missed the mark on, in some ways, I'm going to just say this now. They got John Cena playing Peacemaker instead of Booster Gold. Like I think he would have made a hell of a Booster Gold. That's a great casting call. I, yeah. I actually never thought about that, but that's a great casting call. Yeah. What do you think about this, uh, the Blue Beetle movie coming here? No start date or anything, but uh, what do you what do you think here? I love it. Like I, I've loved Jaime Reyes' character since they debuted him back in. Uh, I think it was around Infinite Crisis um, in the comic books when he kind of has debut. Um, I, I've loved the character since then. I mean, like you said, he's kind of got that. He's a young high school kid, so you get that kind of Peter Parker-ish vibe off of him. Um, but he has this amazing suit, that you, so you get like more of the technical, te- uh, technical technology side, mm-hmm. Iron Man-ish type stuff. Um, anybody that's not familiar with the character, or anybody that's like, come on, Blue Beetle, how how cool could this be? Um, I, I encourage that's you cool. to go check out Young Justice. um hbo max uh it was an animated series that came out years ago and then was really canceled and then yeah it's excellent series um but then it was revived uh on dc universe when dc universe was a thing before hbo max kind of swallowed them up and and uh took all the DC universe properties to HBO max. So anyway, it's now on HBO max, or you can even get, you know, um, copies of old, you can get, you can buy streaming, um, the old young justice episodes. Anyway, uh, blue beetles, one of the characters, I think he comes in in season two. Um, but I love the way he is. His story is kind of integral to the whole plot of season two. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, uh, it's about an alien invasion. Of course, his alien scarab plays into that. So, um, anybody that's wants to get kind of a idea of what, what you might be in for, I would highly encourage you to go check that out because the character himself is, he's a great character. Um, a really coming of age story they could do with him. I mm-hmm. don't think we'll see anything with booster gold unless they use booster gold as in kind of, uh, tandem with flashbacks with the feature Ted cord. And like, yeah. cause, cause in the comics and in the young justice, the scarab that Jaime has is was Ted Cords. That's he's kind of a legacy character in that respect. Um, so they may try and if they if they do like look into the backstory of where the scarab came from, they may go into Blue Beetle and maybe that's the way they backdoor in a Booster Gold cameo or some Booster Gold uh, storyline. So, um, but yeah, this is this is exciting news. I hope it gets made again with these kind of secondary third string characters. You know, who knows? They announce these things, and you know, I mean, Flash is one of their main characters, and we see how long it's taken them to get him to screen. Um, I, I hope that I hope that this announcement isn't just for the sake of announcing something. That this has some real traction behind it, and they are uh, they're going to be moving forward relatively quickly with this. You know, Walter Hamada said earlier this year, and the I think it was this year, or maybe late last year, we covered it an article with him where he said that he's looking to put out, you know, what, six, six movies a year, I think, or something like that and multiple TV shows. So um, obviously they need to start ramping up production on stuff. And this would be a great one to do so with. 
but again, I, I always take these these notices, these uh, news releases with a grain of salt when it comes to DC. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And that's the thing too that I was actually going to ask you about that. What you think? Because in the article, it's not mentioned whether or not this is um, at least if maybe I missed it, um, but it doesn't actually say whether or not they're looking for a theatrical release or if this is going to be one of those HBO Max, you know, straight to HBO Max releases because Hamada said like they wanted like five, pro- wasn't it like five a year or something? And it was like two movies on the like a big screen, two or three on the big screen, and then two or three like shows or movies on HBO Max or something. Ambitious. And it was it was exactly that's the right word. It was an ambitious release for a company that struggles to get one movie out a year. It was a very ambitious list of properties mm-hmm. that they were products, shows and stuff that they would have each out each year. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not picky. You know, if you want to put it direct to HBO Max, I'll still watch it. I'll be glad to watch it. Um I think it would do well on the big screen too because it does have it has some universal appeal to it um yeah and it's something like because this was one of the character or the ones that he was uh at least hamada was kind of insinuating the projects the type of projects that he would be putting on hbo max were going to be the more obscure characters like your your bat girl would maybe show up on there your Batwoman kind of thing i guess they're doing Batwoman on cw already but uh, but so Blue Beetle would definitely fall in line with that. But I do agree that I, I, he's definitely got, in in my opinion, some some much more big screen potential if this is done right. And my, it, it, I guess it really depends on where the movie theaters are at. Whenever, because they said the only thing that they have is uh, they're wanting a fall uh, production date, but who knows if that's even going to be possible. And then either way, you're probably probably looking at 2022, 2023 release for this. So like, who knows where we're going to be at by then. So I just have to wait and see. But, I mean, if done right, like I said, this has pretty much got the makings of Iron Man aesthetics with, you know, your Peter Parker, your Miles Morales coming-of-age story, your Shazam kind of story. So it could be really great. I'm really excited for it. If done right, it could be a really big win for DC. I guess we should also mention, too, it is going to be, I don't know about, like, in perpetuity, but at least for DC, it'll be the first uh, Latino... Um, starring superhero film. Don't know if there's been other ones. The article kind of says both things, so I don't know if they meant DC at first because it goes on to say it'll be the, the first Latino superhero, but then it says it, in DC later down in this article. So, I, and I can't remember off the top of my head if there's been other ones or not. I, I, there, Marvel. I, I mean, there, there's no. I can't. I can't think of one from Marvel. Right now, which is obviously the other boy on the block. I'm trying to think if there's like a a, an independent or a smaller publisher that brought a character to. I can't. I can't think of one off the top of my head. Yeah. Right now, I can't either. And then, like with that too, I mean, we have uh, Angel Manuel Soto directing with, um, I believe there was a Mexican, yeah, Mexican-born screenplay or writer is doing the screenplay, and Gareth Dunette Alcoser or Alsocer. Again, I'm sorry for the name. Never heard it out loud, but yeah, it's a pretty much it's a it's a Latin superhero with a Latin 
writing team and directing team behind it. So hopefully they can actually make some good stuff with that. Kind of like we were saying with the Superman stuff, like actually have some nice, interesting character development stuff based on, you know, the heritage of Jaime Reyes, what he's going through, like in, in his, how does the world treat him? You know what I mean? Aside from the blue beetle thing. So you can just another, especially for a coming, that kind of story always lends itself to a coming of age thing too. Like, cause it's just another thing that, that like the character has to go through, you know, that's different than everyone else. You know, it makes them unique in some ways and it's not just, you know, him getting an alien scarab that makes him unique. It's just, the character itself. This is another unique thing for him. So, but guys, the question is, what do you think about this? Are you excited for a blue beetle Jaime Reyes blue beetle film? Would you have rather seen like a Ted cord booster gold kind of combo movie? Like they had been discussing doing back in the day, that buddy cop situation. I personally would have always preferred. I'm, I'm a little bit more on the camp of, I like the Jaime Reyes character blue beetle a little bit more just cause like I said, the suit and the powers and everything is what they've introduced like the reach, like uh what John was saying with Young Justice, the alien invasion thing, they're called the Reach, and then there's other scarabs out there. So there's like a green beetle and a red beetle and all this stuff. And that kind of like imagine the Green Lanterns, how they Jeff Johns gave them all the different colors and everything. So you had your red lanterns, your blue lanterns, and what have you. There's different scarabs like that as well. And that whole like kind of story is I just found it interesting. So I think that would be a really cool thing to see play out on the big screen, given the way the effects work and everything today. So I'm very excited for the Jaime Reyes Blue Beetle character personally. So let us know what you think down in the comment section below. All right, guys. So our next topic here, and speaking of Spider-Man, as we were just talking about there with the loosely with the Blue Beetle story, we did get some actual Tom Holland Spider-Man news and a couple of different things. One, we did finally get the title for the upcoming Spider-Man film, and it's going to be called No Way Home, which is a fine title. They did they did the thing where like Zendaya and then uh, what's his name, the guy who plays Ned Jacob Bartolone, I think something like that, and then uh, Tom Holland. They all posted these fake, like they posted three different titles prior to this one actually coming out. It was what Home Slice, Home Wrecker, Home Wrecker. What was the other one? And no place like home. Yeah, phone home. Phone home. Phone home. Phone yeah. home. Sorry. Phone home. That was it. So then I think the next day or later on in the day, we got the official title of No Way Home. Um, then I think shortly after that, we got where Tom Holland had done like an interview somewhere and he confirmed that this No Way or No Way Home. I forget what it is. Yeah, No Way Home is going to be his last Spider-Man movie that he has on his contract. So he could always re-up and get a new contract to be in more. But as of No Way Home, Spider-Man's a free agent, essentially. Like, Tom Holland is not, technically speaking, signed up to be Spider-Man going forward. So I have a feeling that he will more than likely re-up the contract because I, I think even Tom Holland goes on to say that like because he was questioned about the whole kind of fiasco that happened when uh, Disney and Sony had a little bit of a falling out prior to was a far from home I think being made where like the deal was over and there was no more Spider-Man in the MCU and everyone's freaking out and crying and whatever he said that that's pretty much been wrapped up and that that situation shouldn't happen again that the both the studios are like they're they're they have a deal in place that 
they're both happy with and they want to continue working. This is also Tom Holland, an actor who doesn't know anything about the actual business side of things, and he he goes on to say that as well. But it is a little bit reassuring to know that okay, well maybe they do have everything sorted, and you know they're not going to have this fiasco every year where we lose Spider-Man in the MCU and then he's back and blah 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 blah. So, John, you hear these things. The new title for uh, Spider-Man No Way Home and Tom Holland, uh, not you know, his contract expiring after this. What are, what are your thoughts on here? You think he's coming back? Do you like the title? Uh, I'll start with the title. Um, the title's fine. To be honest, the titles for these movies, I, I've enjoyed the movies immensely. I love the movies. I think Tom Holland does a great job as Spider-Man. Um, so let this in no way color my you know color what you think i think about these movies i love the movies i've thought the titles all along were just kind of whatever they're they're mm-hmm. very on the nose i mean homecoming and literally there was a homecoming now i understand it was spider-man coming back to the marvel universe proper and the, yeah. the, the idea the, the the play on homecoming um far from home he literally was far from home um i guess there was some subtext there with he felt far from home because he had been in space or because he didn't have tony around anymore i'm guessing that's what the subtext of that was supposed to be it was kind of a stretch to get there for me as far as the naming went so this is fine no way home um you know i who knows who knows what this kind of implication means um I feel like I the assume. names are kind of gimmicky and like I, I grew tired of them after we heard far from home was the title. Cause I just don't, the titles are meaningless. Like the, the, sure. the title is not going to make the movie good. It's not going to make the movie bad. Like I totally get that. Well, it's just annoying. Like I just, kinda, it's kind of lame. Yeah. <laughs> this is a lame title, but it kind of, and they kind of, they kind of backed themselves in the somebody somebody was real clever and came up with the title Spider-Man Homecoming mm-hmm. about the movie that had dealt with the homecoming and with Spider-Man coming back to the MCU. So that was a very clever title. I'll give them yeah, credit. That one was good. And it worked like really well one. for that first mm-hmm. movie. But it kind of backed them into the corner of then they're 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 having to create these kind of subtitles for every future Spider-Man movie. I always thought it would have been cool to have, you know, do what they did with Batman and use the other things, the other names that he's gone by. So, you know, spectacular Spider-Man yeah. or um, that's what I amazing Spider-Man, you know, I wanted I thought, it to I go like cool. amazing, spectacular and an ultimate. That's the trilogy. Ultimate. Yeah. Yeah. Like that would, yep. that, that, that would be cool. I, I always wanted them to do that. Cause I yeah. thought that's what they were doing with the, uh, Andrew Garfield, but then it was just, Oh no, it's just two. <laughs> maybe yeah. Spider-Man one, yeah. maybe Spider-Man two, but whatever. Yeah, so I think they kind of backed themselves in the cor- corner as far as naming went. And so who knows? You know, obviously, if you want to take the other ones have had a literal implication so far from home. So, I mean, does Spidey go to space on this? I mean, we've talked about the multiverse pops- possible implications is is the fact that he's going to literally other un- other universes possibly mean that he's going to be exceptionally far from home i mean you know there's there's got to be some literal component and then there's going to be some textual subtextual component to it too the about the the whatever the theme behind the movie um so anyway the movie this title's fine uh they did get me with the troll job i was all excited when i saw tom holland's post i was like phone home wow that's 
I mean, E.T., what, what, why would they, why would they give a right. direct reference to E.T.? Are there going to be aliens? Does this tie into the scroll somehow with Marvel's upcoming, you know, um, secret invasion? Like, whoa, what's going on? And then within an hour, you, that was, you were found out they were just trolling you. So it was fun. They got me. Good job. Um, as far as Holland leaving or his contract being up, um, I I've I think we said this. We talked about this when the news first broke. I think we had Discord back and forth about it. Um, I, I don't see any way he doesn't come back. First of all, he has pretty universal acclaim for the way he plays Peter Parker. Nobody's like, get that kid out of there. He's terrible. No, people like him. And if anything, he's set to pop off even more with Uncharted coming out and some of his other movies were coming out. So, mm-hmm. it, you know, I, I don't I don't think marvel's eager to marvel or sony are eager to get rid of him um and i think he honestly likes playing the character i mean everything we heard when the marvel and disney and sony deal to use spider-man fell through everything we heard was that tom holland was one of the key players in getting that back on the table by going to you know his boss at sony and saying hey look I think this really needs to happen. I think this is what the fans want. This is what I want. And I think that that, you know, he had some influence there. So I don't see any reason why he wouldn't come back. Um, it was interesting. There was a, there was a quote that I just saw right before the show that said that uh, apparently somebody asked Robert Downey Jr. about him leaving. And he said, look, Tom Holland's not going to play Spider-Man when he's 37. Um, so he's going to leave eventually. Um, so I, I think that's true. I think that's something to also keep in mind. Holland, you know, Spider-Man, unless they want to do what they've done in the comic books and have him be a adult with a family or possibly a family or in, in job problems and stuff, then, you know, he's he, by nature a character that you find a way to bring in a younger actor to portray eventually. Mm-hmm. And so maybe Holland does another two or three films. Um, the one thing that struck me that strikes me really odd about this coming out now is that Sony and Marvel did make this agreement to allow his to allow Sony or to allow Marvel to produce this movie, which is still set in the MCU. However, we haven't gotten a, another spider-man appearance in another mcu property movie so we haven't gotten a a spider-man in the new avengers or or we don't at least we don't have confirmation these in doctor strange or any of these upcoming films and i would think that marvel obviously they want to be in the spider-man business and they'd be happy to produce spider-man movies but i think they would also want in any kind of deal they would have wanted some agreement that he would come back and play spider-man in a future film for them as well. So uh, this is an, in- this is interesting timing. I, the implications are odd to me on this. The other thing that's uh, interesting too about the, cause yeah, I, I agree. I don't think there's any way he wouldn't come back. He, he has, I mean, he's, he said that he loves playing them and he'd more than happily come back to do it. So he kind of put the ball in like Sony and Marvel's court as far as bringing them back or not. Cause he's, it's up. He said he'd come back. So now they just got to offer him, a, you know, a new contract. So I don't, I don't see why they wouldn't do that, especially with them. Well, with the, the rumored kind of intermingling of the Sony spider verse and MCU is we had uh, our boy, Michael Keaton as vulture show up at the end of that Morbius trailer with the mural of Spider-Man kind of suggesting that, a Spider-Man is going to be showing up in, you know, the Sony verse of it all 
at some point, if not Tom Holland, maybe someone else, who knows? I would, uh, to your point, I would actually really enjoy, like, since they, they got Tom Holland in at, like, a good time, and people like him, and he looks like a teenager, even though he's not. I mean, he's, like, 24 or something. Still a young guy, but not all that much younger than me by any means, so... Either way, far more successful than, than I am, so props to you. Um, I would like to see them actually do the thing where he grows up and, like, continues on. Because, like, I, obviously I like the Peter Parker, like, teenager and college student and all that stuff, too. But, like, it's it's one of the things that a lot of these, like, revival shows have going for them is that they come back. Like, like Lizzie McGuire was going to come back, for instance. It ended up not. But either way... Lizzie McGuire did a little teenage show and then 10, 15 years later, they were going to bring it back, but it was going to be, you know, Lizzie McGuire going through stuff at this age now. So in the, the unique yeah. thing with that is like they've done with full house. Yeah. And the audience has grown with full, up with, with fuller them, house. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of the thing. Like you get to see them experiencing new things, but you're also at a place in your life where you're going through the same thing. Like you were then when you were in high school, and that's all great, but I mean, kind of like like me right now, I, I'm kind of more partial to like a, a 30, 40-year-old Spider-Man who kind of has his head on straight, you know, like I would like to see that, especially considering it really hasn't been done on the screen, so they mm -hmm. kind of would be in a really good spot to have Tom like continue playing it for another, you know, three movies, I mean, there's six years, so he would be about in his 30s by the end of it, and you just have a nice, you know, evolution of the Peter Parker character, you know, in like this, in this world, then hell, he could keep going if he wanted to, I mean, it's kind of like RDJ said, like, this is totally up to him, like, doesn't think he's going to be playing Spider-Man when he's 37, but he was playing Iron Man in his 50s, so, I mean, you never know. It's <laughs> true. Like, you never know. It's very true. But I would like to see that, for sure. I think it'd be a cool... Thing, and then you just again you have the benefit of all the kids growing up with his peter parker so if he's still playing peter parker in 10 years they can tell more adult spider-man stories because their their core audience has grown up with them it's just something yeah. you don't always get a chance to do so when you can i like that it's it's an interesting dilemma i think that it marvel and sony are in with the character when you talk about aging him up i i'm with you i think that you know seeing an older spider-man a statesman for the marvel universe so to speak right. is is a cool idea um and and you see how popular older characters are you look at things like the movie logan which is loosely at least inspired by the the comic book um storyline old man logan which deals with a an older wolverine who's at the end of his life you know and, and you think look at you know the classic the dark knight returns batman storyline which is mm -hmm. batman as as a senior citizen you know coming back to don the cowl again and 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 try and clean up gotham one more time um the these stories with the characters you know aged up have a lot of appeal a lot of people are really interested to see you know what what would an old spider-man you know i say old but what would an older spider-man look like i mean theoretically you could have tom holland play spider-man you know over the course of his entire life if he wanted to and, mm -hmm. and get some of those older stories um well we the saw the older of, peter in uh spider-verse too 
You know, and exactly. it, I thought it worked really well. So that's that's yeah. kind of why I think it, because then you could bring in like another younger one and have a mentor or bring in Miles or something. But yeah. Well, and that's, and that's where I was going to say, that's where the, the, the dilemma comes in is they also want characters that young people, young audience members can relate to. And I think right now, you know, the Marvel, the MCU for the most part, even since the beginning has kind of skewed towards older characters. I mean, Spidey was the first really young character brought into the MCU that really gave like, you know, teenagers and even, even young kids kind of their, their way into the movies besides them, but it gave them a way to see themselves in the movies um, besides, you know, just, liking them and enjoying them as you know for what they were mm-hmm. um so you know when you do age spider-man up like that how do you then give those give young people their way into the movies now the more mcu we hit we've got the kamala khan series coming um we've there's hints we've got um what's Haley steinfeld is playing kate bishop mm-hmm. in the hawkeye series so so they're starting to bring in some young actors some younger uh characters into the mcu so maybe that's their way in and you know if it is and it works then maybe they can let spider-man you know grow old yeah for sure i would it's just something too like i said that is even when you had andrew garfield and tom mcguire in there who did not look as young as our boy tom holland does so it was kind of like you had to just accept it. Like, yeah, sure, Tony McGuire's in high school. Okay. Like, at least with Andrew Garfield, they said he was in college. So it was like, okay, that yeah. works. Like, I can I can deal with that. But, like, they were at an age where they could have just aged him up a little bit. Like, they did with Andrew. Like, you know, making him in college is fine. And he was a little bit more adult. But he was also kind of like, he was cool, Peter Parker. Because he was like skateboarding and stuff, you know, he wasn't like he wasn't yeah. nerdy Peter Parker. Like somewhere in the middle of like Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, there's a really good Spider-Man there. Like you know, a really good Peter Parker and Spider-Man, like all one. Because I really I liked how Toby did a better, like a, not a better, but like a, a more true classic. Peter. Yeah, more classic Peter. But then uh, Garfield did a much more through spider-man you know like he was quippy yeah. he, he he toyed with people he was always cracking jokes like that was that was good stuff i really liked andrew garfield spider-man underrated second movie sucked but we got we got jamie fox <laughs> coming back so i mean who knows like who the hell knows what do you think uh what do you think's gonna happen here we'll wrap this one up with uh the whole if the contract does get renewed do you think they have this thing worked out to where like he's gonna show up in Morbius or Venom, like three or something. Maybe Morbius two. Maybe the post credit scene is freaking Peter Parker or something. I think, that. I think that's all on Sony. Um, I don't think I think Marvel would be happy to continue using spider-man in their movies and also producing the spider-man movies um and if sony they'd probably be fine with them say with sony like bringing him into their movie like the venom movies and stuff um but i i just i think sony's uh, maybe maybe i'm wrong maybe we'll get a definitive answer in morbius because obviously there's the poster of spider-man in the background of the one scene um 
So maybe they'll give us a definitive answer sooner rather than later. Maybe Venom 2 will bring us an answer. But I, I think Sony's probably having internal discussions right now about should we just hire our own Spider-Man? Should we let the Tom Holland Spider-Man be the MCU Spider-Man and let Marvel produce those movies and take our piece of those movies and be done with it? Or should we try and figure out how to work Tom Holland Spider-Man into our Venom verse, uh, mm-hmm. for lack of a better way to put it? Um, I personally think they should work Spider-Man. They should just hire a new Spider-Man and have two Spider-Man on the screen at the same time. Audiences are smart. They'll figure it out. They'll figure out that Tom Holland is the MCU Spider-Man and that there's another Spider-Man and another, you know, well, <laughs> maybe, could maybe just make it miles. Yeah. My, my thing about miles was I was, I was thinking that if MCU decides to one day retire, Tom Holland Spider-Man that Miles would be the obvious replacement um for that universe but you're right they could they could Sony could beat him to it and bring Miles in in the uh the Sony which would then make more sense because it would be a different universe and that's kind of from the comic origins Miles mm-hmm. came from a different universe so yeah that that would work too well, yeah. it could even if they really wanted to like they can have it to where it's a shared thing in like Tom Holland's Peter Parker meets and kind of puts him under his wing kind of thing. But then like, that's it. Kind of like Iron Man and Peter, but the same, a very similar thing with Peter and miles just to have it kind of set up. So like you, you understand where miles was able to come in and how he became Spider-Man because Peter's already there. Cause you could totally do it without Peter being involved. I just think you miss out on something that you could just easily do. And then you have a better explanation as to why Peter's not over here with venom and stuff. Cause it's like, well, he's just letting miles handle all that stuff. You know, like he's being an Avenger and miles is watching the streets nowadays. You know, like that's just kind of, you kind of get that out of it. So I don't know. They could do that. I, in the end, I probably would just like to see him just, it's Sony's character. If they want to bring him into venom, then bring him into venom. Like who cares? Yeah, like, you know what I mean. It's like I get, I could see Marvel not wanting a second Spider-Man because it like, it's like, well, we got this Spider-Man. Like you know, like you, it's kind of like sure. why you would never, why Warner Brothers never wanted there to be a Batman on TV because you know, it's just it it lessens the value of your Batman that you have on the movie screen when it's like, the well, there's another one here. Like you know, yeah. So, but they don't yeah. seem to give a shit about that with Superman, which is weird, but I don't know. Right. <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah, but 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 again, we're we're going to a, a different company that has no idea what they're doing most of the time anyway. So <laughs> this I think Marvel's got true. their ducks a little more in a row. Yeah, absolutely. Look, guys, question is, what do you think about this? Are you uh, are you fine with the No Way Home title? Are you kind of like me? We're like, you're fine with it, but you're the little home things is getting a little tired. Let's put it that way. Like I would have been fine with them not doing the, the home thing. Doesn't you don't need to have what if he comes, if they make a fourth, fifth and sixth one, they're going to keep having to throw home in there. Like it's just getting kind of tired. All right. And it's just a little bit much. I know it's a title. It doesn't mean anything, but nevertheless, and what do you think about Tom Holland's contract expiring? Do you think he's going to be coming back? Do you think it's a sure thing? Do you think I'll actually pop up in the Sony, you know, Venom verse with Morbius and all that? Let us know down in the comment section below. All right, guys. So our next topic here is, uh, 
has to do with Zack Snyder, but not the Snyder Cut for one of the rare occasions where a Zack Snyder topic has nothing to do with Justice League or the Snyder Cut and what have you. And that's we finally got the teaser trailer, not a full trailer yet, but we got our first teaser trailer. First look at the Army of the Dead, the Netflix film that's going to be coming out with a zombie film. I'm ex- I was I was excited to see this before the trailer. I got to say, like the trailer didn't really blow me away. I didn't think it was a bad trailer. I just, there wasn't a whole lot. I don't know. It, it, honestly, I got some Suicide Squad vibes off it. I don't know about you, but like when I was watching it, the way it was set up, the the title splashes and just like the music, it just seemed very Suicide Squad-y, which would lend itself to this kind of movie, but I don't know. What did you think about the I trailer? hadn't made that connection. I hadn't made that connection, but I can see where you're coming from. That it mm-hmm. did have that kind of vibe to it. Um, I'll, I'm just going to jump right to it because I said it to you when I first saw it. Like I felt very underwhelmed, and just this this encapsulate encapsulates my entire feeling about the the trailer. The final shot, which is usually like, oh man, that was so cool. Like the final shot of a trailer is usually something where you're kind of blown away or or at least or a teaser or a reveal of some character or something that's happening in the movie that you weren't expecting. Mm-hmm. The final shot of this trailer is a helicopter falling sideways, crashing. That's it right there. Yeah, like that's it. That it, it doesn't even crash very, either. If it, cr- if it yeah, crashed, it, it would have been like a whoa, but like it didn't. <laughs> yeah, it it seems like a very pedestrian shot to be your, you know, that's what you're going to leave the audience with from this trailer. It's just a helicopter crashing. Or yeah, yeah, I don't um, know. I don't know who cut this trailer. I don't know if Zach was just too busy working on Justice League um, <laughs> to really put a lot of time into this or he had like an intern do it or something. But um I'll say this. I mean, it looks it looks fun. It looks enjoyable. I, the cast mm-hmm. looks good. Um, you know, Zach obviously has his uh, movie roots in what was it? It was Dawn of the Dead, right? Mm-hmm. Um, good movie. Which was an excellent movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was such a good movie. Like, I, I was a big zombie fan when I was a kid. And um, so when Dawn of the Dead came out, I was like, oh, they're remaking Dawn of the Dead. Like, are we sure? And I was blown away. I was like, oh, that's awesome. So I mean, him going back to zombies is, I'm all for it, like, bring it on. Um, and this trailer didn't diminish my excitement for it at all. I just, I just came away going, like, really? Like, ooh, maybe we, maybe we let that one sit in the pot and cook a little longer because mm-hmm. it seems like they just weren't quite ready. It was like they kind of felt like they had to bring something out. I don't know. Maybe they're trying to, like, jump on the, hype of Zack Snyder's Justice League and like they wanted to get something out and but but like I said nothing encapsulates it more than that helicopter falling is the final shot like okay (laughs) yeah it I I definitely it didn't make me like it didn't turn me off from the movie but it didn't do anything to raise my excitement Mm -hmm. level for it I was already gonna watch it I mean it's gonna come to Netflix anyway so it's not like I have to travel and pay to see it anyway just paying monthly for it but it's gonna be there I'm gonna watch it I'm excited because of Dawn of the Dead, and I'm also excited to see Zack Snyder finally do something outside of the DC universe. That's all it's been for since Man of Steel, so like 2012, 2010, whichever, it, whenever it came out. So I mean, it's been a while. He hasn't done really anything else in between that time period. So I'm excited for Snyder Cut. 
which is also right here in this shot right here. This is the Snyder Cut, <laughs> which is still like the one of the best Easter eggs ever. Like, yeah. um, but I'm excited for it. And I, uh, damn it, what was I gonna say? The one thing, uh, my mind just went completely blank. It's okay, I have no think idea. about. Oh no, I got it. There, the Netflix must love this thing, or it must be really good because they ordered the like a series like a tv series prequel series a prequel movie an anime series like they have like netflix went all in on this thing like so like they must have liked okay. what they've seen so i find that interesting that they're making either a, i can't remember if it's a prequel movie or a pre prequel series but then they're also making an anime series so not animated like literally an anime series apparently so i'm excited for that i'd like to see it i, I I don't know. I think that's kind of cool. Like, so they must like what they saw here. The the one thing I will say about the trailer, and this is the first time I've, I've, I've felt like this. And maybe it's because I've watched more Netflix movies, original movies recently. Um, Netflix has had like, like some of their movies, like extraction. I don't think a lot of people really loved extraction. I personally really liked it. I thought it was a good movie. I like Chris Hemsworth a lot. So, you know, good action. Maybe, maybe that had, it had good action to it. Like the, this, the storyline was anything spectacular, but it was a, I thought it was a good movie. I've heard it, but I've heard a lot of people say it wasn't that great. Um, but there have been some other movies that they've come out with recently that they're starting to get, at least to me, there seems to be this sense among, uh, on social media that Netflix movies are kind of the, direct to video movies of the movie world mm -hmm. versus these movies that actually compete with big budget blockbusters on, on the, on the theater screens, um, which is a kind of what Netflix builds them up to be. Um, this trailer kind of reinforced that direct to video feel to me um, for, for the Netflix brand. And I hope that I, I hope that it's just a case of a bad trailer and that it's not true because I think Netflix needs to, um, start scoring some some wins, some 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 hype in in among on, on social media and just among the masses that their movies are just as good as what's in the theater for the most part. Yeah, they've definitely been a quantity over quality company, like hundred mm -hmm. percent. There's an endless endless library of Netflix original series and original movies and all this stuff, but like. They they normally do a, a they have a far better track record with the original series. Like their series are normally Definitely. always really good. Not all of them, but they got a better win loss ratio for the TV series as opposed to the movies. It's like for every marriage well, story they, or the Irishman, you get ten shitty Adam Sandler movies or something that looked like they just wrote it while farting. Like you know, just it's just they're bad movies. Like not to shit on, I love Adam Sandler, but like some of the movies that, that like his directed Netflix movies are like the definition of just like the shit that Netflix puts out. Sometimes like that's it. Like <laughs> look no further. Well, I was there, yeah, like, like the, the Anthony Mackie had one that just came out recently. I mm -hmm. saw the trailer. I was like, oh, that looks good. And I was like, I'm gonna have to watch that. And then like the weekend it came out before I even got a chance to watch it. I saw like a thousand tweets about, yeah, okay, this was terrible. Like, and so that muted all my excitement for that. And I have I still haven't watched it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, I, I just hope that they, you know, I, I'm going to try and stay away. I learned my lesson with that one. I'm going to try and stay away from the reviews for this and, and try and go into it fresh and watch it before I hear too many um, advanced reviews or especially that weekend it opens, but we'll see. Yeah, I'm excited for it. Like I said, the Dawn of the Dead was great. I want to see Zach do something outside of DC, so I'm looking forward to that. I'm hoping it's good. Again, I like I did say, Netflix must like what they see because they greenlit all these spinoff things for it. But like we were just saying, Netflix just they greenlight a lot of things, and a lot of it ends up being garbage. There was a whole joke. It was like a whole Family Guy skit, I think, where it was just someone was calling in. Maybe in South Park, can't remember. But they call in. And like they call into Netflix, and the the operator just picks up and says, "Netflix, you're greenlit." You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like that's pretty much how it is. Like you want to make something, you call Netflix, they they'll probably greenlight you. Like that's kind of what yeah. it's come to for a lot of it. So, but anyways, the question is, guys, what do you think about this? What did you think about the Army of the Dead teaser trailer? Were you kind of like us, or just a little underwhelmed? Because I it was a little bit underwhelming. Maybe it was just like I was expecting something more, I don't know, grand, more gravitas with it. I don't know. It was just, it left me wanting as opposed to fulfilling me. Like that Mortal Kombat trailer, that was a good trailer. All right. You, you, there were moments in there you walk away from, you remember it. You, you want to rewatch it as soon as you watch it. With this one, all you wanted to do was play back that last scene to see, like, oh, yeah, that is just a helicopter falling down. <laughs> and that's it. So, a little bit underwhelming, but I'm still looking forward to it. Let us know what you think down in the comment section below. All right, guys. So, our penultimate topic here before we get into our WandaVision episode eight spoiler review or discussion, whatever you want to call it, is two quick little cool things, in my opinion, cool things. But we just got word like not too long ago that Lucasfilm Games is quote unquote back, right? They spun up the new. We had Lucas Arts back in the day behind a ton of great games, uh, like Jedi Academy, you know, the Pod Racer game, Republic Commando, which are the two things I'm going to be talking about now. But amongst a huge other list, you had what was it, Rogue Squadron? Just they back in the day, Lucas Arts was pumping out games like left and right. All right, like Force Unleashed, Force Unleashed Two, stuff. Just they were good games for the most part. Most of them were really good games. And we got some word here as of late. There's one. There's obviously one series, at least uh, as far as Star Wars fans are concerned, that everyone has always wanted a sequel to. They've wanted film adaptations mm-hmm. to it, remakes or whatever. And that's Kotor, Knights of the Old Republic, right? One or two, whatever. People have been wanting. A new iteration, KOTOR 3 was supposed to come out way back when. Died, didn't come out, unfortunately. But there's been a lot of whispers, especially ever since his Lucasfilm Games announcement came by, that they were actually going to be making a KOTOR like remake. Uh, you know, Kind of along the lines of uh, Demon's Souls for the, for the PS5, right? Something along those lines. Not by Bluepoint, though. There were some tinfoil hat theories out there where they were people were referencing Aspire Media. It's a company that has been known for doing like remasters of games, et cetera, et cetera. Not going to waste too much time on it, but eventually they, people were noticing that they had uh, Aspire Media had a bunch of job postings that were Star Wars related. So that immediately got people because everyone wants KOTOR, they just thought KOTOR. But it doesn't seem like that was the case because just recently, this past week, two games I did mention in that Republic Commando and then Star Wars Pod Racer, those are being relaunched 
on the Nintendo Switch and PS4. Um, so that's the games that Aspire Media had been hiring Star Wars people for, like been uh, hiring for Star Wars-related properties. Now, that's not to say that they're not also doing KOTOR, but we do have 100% confirmation that Republic Commando is one of them, which I'm very excited for. John, did you ever, did you play either of these games? Because we were just talking not too long ago about how much, like, I loved playing the Pod Racer game back in the day. This was a fun, stupid little game to play. Nothing groundbreaking by any means. But, I mean, Republic Commando had, like, a 10 out of 10 rating with, like, somebody. everyone loved this game. It was a great game, too. I don't know how well it's going to live up. I haven't played it since it came out. So I don't know how it's going to really stack up against more modern-day shooters and everything. I kind of would have wished they just made, like, a new one in a lot of ways. But, because, like, Demon Souls was totally worth remaking. It was the, the easiest of the, the you know, Souls-Borne games, Souls. in all honesty. But... I don't know. It's a great game, and the the world is really great. I I ate the shit out of that. Game. I ate it up, dude. Like that game was great. It was fun to play. Totally worth it. H, it was more than just like an HD remaster in a lot of ways. This though, these don't even really. I mean, I'm just gonna be real. They don't really look all that much better. So, yeah. I don't know. Are you are you looking forward to this coming out? Did you play the original ones back in the day? Where are you at with these? So yeah, so. Pod Racer was my shit back in the day, man. Yeah, I yeah, loved the pod racing game. Like, I especially too. I mean, there's 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 gonna be a bit of nostalgia with this, just getting back to a game I loved. Um, but at the time, I don't know if to me, the way I remember it, and maybe my memory is wrong, but this was like the only thing that tied into Phantom Menace. This was the only video game that came out that tied into the Phantom Menace at the time that mm -hmm. that came back out. And um, at that time, you like Star Wars hype was for real. It had been years since, um, over a decade since we had gotten, you know, Return of the Jedi, and there had been some Star Wars stuff here and there. You had the um, extended universe novels and stuff that had come out, but as a kid, like that stuff, I wasn't, I wasn't going out and reading the novels. Like, I this was my like reintroduction to Star Wars, and I was super hyped for it. And uh, yeah, I love the pod racing game. I never got into Republic Commando. I, I don't know what systems that was on. I, I feel like maybe it wasn't available on the systems I had because I, I did play like, like I had, I was a Nintendo kid back in the day. So I had like the GameCube and I had um, you know, the Rogue Squadron games and, and those. I don't remember Republic Commando being on there. If it was, then I just missed it somehow. Um, it may have been yeah, PC I'm and Dreamcast. I can't remember. Okay. Let me look it well, up. That would that would account for why I didn't really have any uh don't have any knowledge of it. But um yeah, I'm I'm you know, I we were talking the other day. I was surprised to see that this was announced for the PS4, considering we've already jumped console generations to the new Xbox and PS5. Um I'm hoping since I have a PS5 and it's hooked up and my PS4 is not hooked up, that they it was on Xbox. They make this backwards compatible. Was it on Xbox? Okay. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, maybe I was just playing Halo at the time and didn't want to jump into a Star Wars first person shooter because I, I didn't like I was more about lightsabers and stuff than I was mm -hmm. Republic Commandos. Um, who knows? Who knows what my justification was? Um, but anyway, I, I don't know. But I, I am eager now because I'm, you know, the Star Wars hype train is back and it's real. And uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm ready to 
try anything Star Wars. So it will be nice for me. I mean, it'll be like a brand new game for me. Some outdated yeah. graphics, like you said, but it'll be like a brand new game. I won't know a thing about it. So that's that's exciting. the only downside with it. And like I get I, I get it. Not every game can be completely rebuilt from the ground up like Demon Souls and everything. But it is kind of disappointing that this just seems like a port as opposed to any sort of remake or remaster. Like, I mean, the assets look like almost like they did back in the day. Like, sure. It's kind of disappointing. There was a a third party. Someone was like a fan made remaster of, uh, pod racer that someone made. I actually downloaded it, never installed it, but they, they rebuilt everything in unreal engine. So like everything looked like a new version of unreal engine because the, the, the Republic commando was and everything. They were made in the old, like an older version of unreal engine, but this was a, mo- a modern update to the game. And like, I've watched like the gameplay trailers of and everything. It looked great. I mean, it's just like a game that would be made today. You know, the high res textures, not yep. polygons everywhere. Like we get now, or like we're getting in the, these ports here and like back in the day, but that's the only downside about them. But I am very excited that they're coming out. They, they couldn't have picked two like, more beloved games, really, other than KOTOR to do this for. But KOTOR has kind of already had PC ports and everything like that. They haven't had, like, updates or anything. And, like, uh, texture updates or anything like that. But you can go get freaking KOTOR 1 and 2 on Steam. You can get it on the the Mac store. Like, they they have those ports. They've had them forever, so... You can get it on Xbox right now. I mean, you might be able to get it on PlayStation, too. Um... Mm -hmm. Do you think do you think that the, these these releases in particular is Lucasfilm kind of testing the waters to see what kind of interest there is in games like this or reviving these franchises or you know I mean I say franchises they weren't really a franchise to begin with they were kind of individual standalone games but do you think that they're they're trying to get an idea of what fans want and what fans will buy and and this is kind of a way for them to test that I think in some ways for sure, because it's definitely safer and cheaper for them to port these two games out than it is to even rebuild them for one, but for them to dump a bunch of money into making a new pod racing game, mm-hmm. if no one gives a shit, you know what I mean? Like, it, cause they don't know, like everyone well, loved even- playing it back in the day, but like, is it even going to be a thing? Like, but I mean, battlefront too, like, when Epic Games had their free week of it where you could download it for free, they, their numbers for Battlefront 2 went through the freaking roof. They had more yeah. online concurrent players in that week for Battlefront 2 than they had like throughout the entire game's lifespan. So like, there's still people out there who want to play a Star Wars shooter, for instance, because that's, that's what Battlefront is. But just Star Wars games in general. Like, there's obviously a calling for Republic Commando, definitely a good one to do. Like, again, one of the. That and Pod Racer are both some of the most beloved, nostalgic games from them. I mean, aside from, like, I think the only things that would maybe top it would be, like, Jedi Academy and Kotor, really. Yeah. That's it. But then everyone loves those two games. So I would love to see them actually make new versions of both of them. I don't know why they never did, to be honest with you. I guess I could get why they never made a pod racing game because there was only the one pod race in all of Star Wars. So, and it was everything that you saw in that movie was in the game. So, I don't really know what yeah. they just make new stuff, I guess. But, well, and pod racing for a long time, the Phantom Menace was the 
uh, the the one movie out of all of them that was the most looked down upon. Mm-hmm. Um, so it had that negative connotation with it. And then, you know, thankfully, I guess, in, in from from the Phantom Menace's perspective, thankfully, the sequel trilogy was made and it got elevated back up um, because of what everybody had to deal with with the sequel trilogy. So True. it isn't quite derided as much as it, it had been. So um, maybe this is the opportunity for them to get back into that world. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I could totally see him like wanting to, it, it'd be a smart way for them to test the waters and see what people kind of are interested in as far as star Wars games are concerned, because I mean, realistically, like, I don't know, like, it's kind of hard to say what, especially Star Wars fans, what they actually want. Like, like I said, like the comic book, fan, like we're a fickle group of people in general. Anybody who's a fan of any fandom, we don't know what we want. All right. We think we know, but we, we, we really don't like, um, we're, we're never satisfied. And this is how it is. You know what I mean? No one's ever satisfied. Um, I think. Doing this though does give them an idea of like okay if if Republic Commando pops off, maybe they'll at least be able to see that there's interest in uh, shooters still. So maybe that'll help them move like Battlefront three forward more. I don't know since they've sure. kind of un- opened up the Star Wars license. Um, it was exclusively with EA, and now they've just that's not a thing anymore. Anybody can make Star Wars games pending Lucasfilm Games approval. It kind of opens the floodgates for like anything's possible at this point. Because if anybody has an idea for a game, they just got to pitch it to them, and maybe, maybe they'll be like Netflix and just start greenlighting everything, just like they used to back in the day. Because like I said, off the top, man, Lucas Arts back in the day were pumping out games left and right, dude. Like there were a ton, ton in the early two thousands. Like they were popping off, and then they all yeah. just they just died. So it was really disappointing, but we'll just have to see. I hope we get a coat, a new Kotor. That's what I want. I want a new Battlefront game. I want like the penultimate, just best Battlefront game. No bullshit where you're like sticking to canon. Like there's all the heroes in the game. You play with them all. Don't li- like let people play the game. You know what I mean? That's my biggest yeah. thing with these games. Is like don't limit what you can do. Like to some degree, have progression. Yeah, but like. With Battlefront 1, it was like such a, like, they tried to lock it into only being that core group of, like, that timeline. So, like, you, you you couldn't have Maul. You couldn't have Clone Wars stuff. You couldn't have this. And it's like, like, no one wants that. No, You know, you want to you wanna play a Star Wars game. You want to be able to freaking play a Star Wars game, not play you a yeah. limited, boxed-in version. So, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So... Did you have anything else you want to add? No, I mean, I, I, I think that this is yet more good news. The only thing I'll say is I think this is more good news that, you know, EA's vice grip on the Star Wars franchise has been loosened and uh, mm-hmm. we're, we're able to see these other companies come in and do something with these things that like this, I would have never in a million years thought, Oh, pod star wars pod racing game that's that's something i really want to play again or i didn't even thought about that game in a decade at least if not more and mm-hmm. but then when i saw it i was like oh that's awesome i love that game i'll you know i'll definitely pick it up and play it some yeah 100 percent. that's the thing i 
EA did do Fallen Order. Well, Respawn did, but it was still an, an, a subsidiary of EA. Sure. Great game. Battlefront 2, they really turned around. Battlefront 2 is like a... I, I'd go as far as saying Battlefront 2, as it is now and as it was after they fixed everything, is a great game as well. Still lacking in some areas, mm. but it is a, it's a huge step above the first Battlefront game that DICE did. So I really like what they did with Battlefront 2 in the end. Fallen Order was great. So I definitely want to see them continue making those. Like, I want another Fallen Order game. I want a Battlefront 3. Just make them, you know, better than they were before. Don't go backwards, you know? But I am very excited that all these other companies are going to be... I'm just excited what we're going to see. We got Ubisoft making some open world one. So we'll just have to see. that. That'll hopefully be good. I just want to see more. I want more Star Wars games. I think everybody does, really. Like, why not? Oh, yeah. Uh, 10 totally. years EA only came out with like three Star Wars games, dude. It's ridiculous. Like, and Squadrons is like super niche. And so, I, I one thing too, I, I really want them just to merge the, the, the Starfighter like game mode in Battlefront was garbage, but Squadrons is actually really good. So, I think they should just integrate those. You know what I mean? For like Battlefront 3, call. just have Squadrons game mode kind of that's it. Like, you know. That's Expand it out a little more, a little yeah. More, a few more ships and stuff, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, question is, guys, what do you think about this? Are you excited for you know to to play Republic Commando again? Are you excited to play uh, the pod racing game again? Because I know I am. It's gonna be fun. I do wish again that they were like more of an HD remaster or something along those lines, as opposed to just a kind of a port to the the newer consoles. But either way. They're there. They're gonna have support. You know, hopefully, I'm not 100 sure. Hopefully, you can play Pod Razor online. That might be kind of fun. I don't know if you can, but I know it showed co-op, uh, split screen co-op. But you could do that back in the day. So I don't know. Question is though, what do you think about this? And are you also hoping that they make a damn Kotor three at some point? Let us know down in the comment section below. All right, guys. So our final topic here is going to be our WandaVision episode eight spoiler discussion review whatever you want to call it we're just we're not going to like play by play but we're going to talk about just you know everything we liked about it give some predictions of what we think is going to happen in the finale etc etc so firstly um off the top i guess i'm just gonna say like I, I i liked this episode personally i think you were saying that you know there's been a lot of chatter online where people didn't really think like they like, weren't liking it didn't didn't think it lived up to something whatever the only thing that I would say is like a lot of it was kind of predictable, but I mean, we're kind of just, we're eight episodes in at this point. So most of the kind of questions are being answered. So, you know, like when we were three, four or five episodes in, it was still pretty much a mystery as to like what's going on at this point. I mean, what do you expect? So I'm not really necessarily going to consider it to be a, detractor that i thought it was kind of some things were kind of predictable um i think if anything the thing that's been crazy um has actually nothing to do with what's been in the show it's about what has been you know not in the show like the pietro stuff kind of the confirmation that it is just a random guy because i i think i i said on maybe last week or the week before that there's a chance that it's just it really is pietro Evan Peters' body is just some random body. And she, like, pulled the spirit out and put it in there. It wasn't 100% clear on what she's... It was... She, she called it a crystalline possession. So I don't know if that's what 
actually happened, what I theorized, like, well, maybe it really is Pietro. Like, the spirit's there inside of him, and then she's also manipulating him. I don't know if that's what was going on. But we found out it wasn't Pietro, nevertheless. So it doesn't seem like it's either not Pietro, it's Pietro's spirit, it's not Fox Quicksilver. Like, I think mm-hmm. that's pretty much confirmed, so... Um, definitely felt like that was, you know, I mean, she because, like you said, because all the circumstances around what exactly is going on with him are kind of iffy, um, it doesn't, I can't say with 100% certainty, but it does seem like she was implying or saying that the Pietro that showed up was just a a random person that she hex or she, that, that uh, Agatha put a, put a spell on to portray her brother. And so it doesn't have a connection to the Fox Quicksilver, Fox version Quicksilver, which I think I mentioned this last week. If that turns out to be the case, okay, fine. I'll I'll deal with it. Um, But it seems like an awfully big, uh, it seems like a troll on the part of um, 100% MCU. Like, Mm -hmm. like I'm not sure what the thinking is behind why you grab. I'll be really interested to to hear Kevin Feige or whoever did the casting for the show. You know, I hope somebody asked them why, why did you go out and get a character that had played Quicksilver in the X-Men movies, portray Quicksilver in your show when they didn't have any kind of connection, it didn't, you know, involve that in any way, you know, was it just an homage to those movies that you, were you just like paying your respect? Like, Hey, there have been X-Men movies and we, we liked some of them and like, that's why, or, or what? Um, so, because I really thought that there's no way you cast that same actor, um, with the fandom knowing exactly who that was and what his role was. Um, and then not have that, be part of the story so we'll see yeah because that is the thing it's to me it does feel like a very cheap way of misdirecting your audience you know what i mean because mm-hmm. like it's like sure. instead of just making it compelling narratively you have to throw in some visual cue that's going to confuse the audience and like doing that it is just kind of cheap in my opinion like because it's like, yeah, I'm, they could have had it be any random person come in and say, like, if, if it was just me, I, I was cast to play fake Pietro, there'd be no speculation over it. No one would think X-Men was here. There'd be nothing. But his appearance brought so much along with it that it's just, it's kind of cheap, in all honesty. Like, it's it was a real easy way. It's like bringing freaking Sir Patrick Stewart in just to play a random bald guy as opposed to the famous professor Xavier bald guy, you know what I mean? Like it's just, a, sure. it's just a kind of a, I get it. It's a good troll like thing. It, it definitely worked, but it's just kind of cheap in my opinion. Not that it's a bad thing. Sure. I'm just calling it as it is. Like it's just a cheap way of throwing off the audience it is what it, it is. Yeah. It was kind of a, it was kind of a, yeah, okay, they, they were able to end the one episode on the little bit of cliffhanger of him showing up, like, oh my God, what does that mean? You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, it means nothing. There, You know, it was fake hype. It was fake, you know, excitement. And it was done simply because of the coincidence that there happened to be two different Quicksilver, two different yeah. actors to play Quicksilver at one point. 
Yeah, like they so, literally put it in there um, just because that, they knew they knew the implications that like it would cause us to think. Like they knew it. So that's why they did yeah. it. And it's like when there's no payoff with that in any way, like not any sort of reference yeah. as to why he looks like that and like, you know, not that it has to be the Fox Quicksilver or anything, but it's just like again, it's just kind of cheap. Like cuz they 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 100% knew exactly what we would think when freaking Evan Peters comes in to play Quicksilver. Mm-hmm. There's no way around it. You all knew that. Everyone knew. Everyone knew mm-hmm. how that was going to go. So again, doesn't make me hate the show or yeah. anything. It's just kind of this is just kind of cheap because it seems like it is just literally going nowhere. So apparently. And that yeah, I was just going to say that being said, if that is the worst thing I have to say about this show, then I you know, I'm and it, at this point it is everything else I have to say about the show virtually is glowing. So I, I, I cannot like the show anymore at this point. Um, I love this particular episode. I thought it was phenomenal. Um, there's some great gave scenes. us or some just, yeah, just yet again, like what is, what was Darcy's, uh, comment to, Agent Wu, uh, I'm invested. Like, yeah, yeah, right, right, I'm, yeah, I'm so invested in this show and these characters, and like that scene where Vision sits down right after she's lost her brother, and you know she's gone through this heartache of losing her family and then losing the only person, and he talks to her about grief and how, you know, isn't that what love is? Like, isn't that proof that love still exists? Because what is grief if not love persisting? Like, just just deep just rip your heart out like man. oh man just uh, I, I was floored by that and like just gutted me when i saw it and i love that scene so much um and then you see you know you see how she you know later on we see her go to retrieve vision's body's body and he's all in pieces and he is just this pile of mechanical metal and wires mm-hmm. and whatever um but yet in that scene you can see how he is very human. He's, and you can see how she fell in love with him and stuff. And just the way this episode kind of bounced back and forth between that, the way it gave us backstory into Wanda, why it's happening as a sitcom, just everything about it, I thought was excellent, uh, done excellently. You know, we ended the last episode. I'm sorry, I'm taking up all the talking time. I'm, I'm going on a tangent here, but we ended the last episode with. Uh, it was Agatha all along and the catchy little mm-hmm. tune that came from that. Um, but we find out this episode, mm-hmm. I was really worried after that be- because I was like, Oh God, it's going to just be a simple, like this one person wanted revenge. And so she trapped Wanda in this thing. But, but we find out this episode, it really hasn't been Agatha all along. Wanda was the one that initially created the hex and created this town, which mm-hmm. is, what I really hoped that they were going to do. I don't want Wanda to come away from this. Not that I want Wanda to be a bad person or something, but I, I like the idea of exploring the fact that this woman had gone through so much. She had been beat down so much, lost so much. She reached this point where she just, even if it was unconscious, you know, slipped in, in, in her power. She's so powerful. She created this other world. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I, I'm glad that they didn't just duck out on that by saying oh it was just agatha agatha created this agatha did everything it was agatha all along it was yeah. agatha for a lot of things that have happened but it wasn't agatha all along 
Yeah, because they, they even point out that she was just there trying to get Wanda to show her, like, real face or whatever, to show her true self or whatever, however they described it. Like, she was just there kind of influencing situations so so that Wanda would break character, essentially. And because she yeah. wanted to know, like, how the hell she was doing it, you know, from yeah, one witch Wanda's, to another. Like, Yeah, it was Wanda's explosion of power that created this thing that drew Agatha there. Exactly. So, Which was cool, too, because we got our... The backstory to Agatha at the beginning with the whole Salem thing. So we got that. Before I forget, too, the other like uh, line that I really liked when you mentioned that uh, she goes to sword and like sees vision and everything. For one, uh, Tyler Hayward was actually being like really cool with her. I thought like yeah. he wasn't being a dick. He was like. You can go see him like, you, like, you know, I'm sorry. He said like he was happy to like nice to like finally meet her. Like He seemed very genuinely like a nice person, like condolences, let like didn't make didn't sick all his dogs on her when she broke the glass and went down there and stuff. However, he did make it out to, you know, to to us after the, the hex has been created. He lied to everybody and said that she stole vision exactly he did not she did not do that as you saw in there yeah. so he is still a dick however he was not being one then like he was actually i felt like he was being like a good person like there he was trying to give her some what what little closure he could yeah given his position yeah yeah and then uh but she goes up to him and is like when she says like i can't feel you and it calls back to oh, infinity war yeah. and it, like when both when they're in Ireland doing their thing. They say they mention that there, but then when she has to kill him, Vision says that to her. And you know, he says it's like I just All feel I you. Feel you. Yeah. And then, and then she dies. <laughs> then he dies again after that. So hopefully, it doesn't like if that has to happen again. This show could still end very badly. Like you know what I mean? In a lot of because that's the oh, one God. thing that's kind of weird. We have, uh, I was going to bring this up before, but it made more sense to wait till now with the Spider-Man No Way Home thing. All right. We all like, because kind of like I said, like what I've found, like one of the more interesting things about this show and this episode in particular was just how much stuff we thought the show meant when it really doesn't like, like multiverse stuff doesn't actually seem to be on the table. It doesn't seem to be a thing at all. Even though they had that commercial for the Nexus of All Realities, what we think was for the Nexus of All Realities, they mentioned the Nexus, so we assume. Like, they didn't go into that anymore at all. They didn't go into whatever the hell was going on in Agatha's basement anymore at all. We don't know what the book is. It, it, like, this whole multiverse thing, we all assume because this and uh, is connected with, you know, Spider-Man and Loki and doctor strange multiverse of madness that like this was gonna be like the big multiverse thing but it doesn't seem like it's doing that which is just kind of it's just another thing that is just kind of interesting because we have spider-man coming up next but it just doesn't seem like it's actually going to be as connected to this as we had initially kind of thought as the show was going on which i just find kind of interesting you know yeah well like it's weird I, we don't know I'll still but yeah, I, we do have one episode left, mm -hmm. and I, you know, I'm assuming that this next episode might even be a little longer than what this episode was. I hope, man. And this was the longest episode so far. 
um, because there are a lot of things to wrap up and, and kind of, you know, I, I'm, I'm worried that people like, um, not, not everybody, but I'm worried that people took Kevin Feige's like WandaVision leads directly into Dr. Strange. They, they took that a little too like, like you could theoretically stop watching or you could, you could, you know, splice do- the beginning of Doctor Strange in with the end of WandaVision. It would carry through like it was one story. Um, right. I think there are beats and threads that may carry over, and we will have to see how obviously WandaVision wraps up and how where, where those are picked up um, in Doctor Strange. But but yeah, I mean, there there is some there is a lot left on the table to figure out. Well, I mean, oddly enough, we we do know one hundred percent that Wanda is in Doctor Strange too. So yeah, there is definitely. some sort of she's literally there filming with them right now. She's in London filming it. So like we know that they're they're there. So but like again, it's just interesting that it doesn't seem to be the obvious. Oh, well, this was the start of the multiverse then, and this is the mutants and all. Like it doesn't. That's not that. Doesn't seem to be that at all. There's one more episode, yeah, but I don't know. That's just one thing I thought was kind of like cool in a way, because like a, a part of me thought like it would be cool if that was indeed like you know, the multiverse stuff and all that, but I was really more interested uh, to my normal or not my normal, but my original kind of theory was just that this was just all a broken woman who caused this all to happen. Maybe that ripped open something in the multiverse, fine, but like I just wanted it to be Wanda. Like that's, I thought that was a much better, like a Shakespearean tragedy kind of a story. Absolutely. You know what I mean? I didn't want it to be like, like you said, Agatha that comes guy, in as yeah. manipulating everything and Wanda's a, a good guy. You know, I didn't want it to be a clean cut thing. Like that's, that's, that's yeah. not how the show was set up. So I was kind of relieved, but it is kind of more confusing because like I said, we're supposed to have these connections and it just seems that there's really not, it doesn't seem to be going the same way. There was a cool scene here though, too, with during this opening shot here with, uh, I believe this woman is supposed to be her mom. The one that like, yes. lasts till the end. She gets yeah, like the, this, the main one. Yeah. And she gets like this crown thing on her head though. Did you notice that? And it kind of reminded me um, a little bit of like Scarlet witches, like vaguely, crown thing. You see it? Vaguely. That, yeah, that was the other thing I was going to mention is that we don't know what the Scarlet Witch means. I mean, you know, it was just it was kind of Wanda's name in the but we don't know exactly, you know, Agatha calls her the Scarlet Witch. And clearly that has some sort of implication in the MCU that it's, it's a unique position. It's not just it's not just a code name that they came up with for. Her. Yeah, so, they've created some you know, new lore for sure. Yeah, who knows Absolutely. what kind of, you know, maybe the Scarlet Witch is the bridge between multiverses or something in the MCU. and We just, you know, haven't, whatever, we haven't ex- gotten that explanation. So I still think there's a lot left to come. But yeah, I no, I didn't. I completely missed the crown on her. I think I was trying to look for, I, I was actually, <laughs> the one thing I'll say is I was trying to figure out where Agatha was coming from in this scene because Agatha kind of it's a really cool performance, but it's also a little odd because it was she, it feels like she's teetering between honest, like, I don't know why you're doing this. Like, I don't really want to be this. And at at first I'm thinking, Oh, she's just playing up the innocent victim part, part of this. She can't control this power. Um, But then there's also this 
tinge of like, she's just playing them. Like she wants this power. She wants their power and she knows that there's nothing they can do about it. And mm-hmm. she's just kind of playing a game with them. And I'm not even sure really after, after watching it, where I come down on what her motivations were. I think nope. she truly was just trying to go after the power, but she plays it very, I mean, the actress, I can't remember the actress's name off the top of my head, but Catherine she Hall. plays it. Thank you, Catherine. Hall. She plays it really well, really interestingly. Like it wasn't a straightforward, like, Oh yeah, she's just bad and evil and being an evil witch. It was it was an interesting performance. Well, that's kind of even how it was when when we go later on and she's doing the whole um yeah, like it's a wonderful life with Wanda, right? When she was yeah. going through and doing that. It. Like and then at the end, she she calls Wanda like dangerous cuz like she's like this is chaos magic. Like this is, you know, dangerous. You're the Scarlet Witch, you know, like she seems like in a position where it's just like, I need to stop you so you don't, you know, fuck shit up. Like, as opposed mm-hmm. to she's an evil person who wants to just steal her power. Didn't seem to be like that at all. Like, it, it what I got from it was, like, she genuinely thinks her existence is dangerous. Kind of like Charles thought about Wanda's existence and freaking the House of M stuff. Like, maybe we should just kill her. That's kind of where she's coming from. Yeah. Just like, this is weird. Like... So that's kind of interesting because it's like, okay, so is it's like, is she really a bad guy? Because she was in the comics. I know like the, like obviously this is MCU is always different from the comics, but they take inspiration from them. But Agatha was never really like a bad guy in the comics. So it doesn't seem like she's a bad guy here. So I don't know. I just don't know where they're going with it. Cause like now we have the white vision thing at the end. So it's like, is White Vision going to come in and then they're all going to have to fight White Vision? Like, because obviously we still have Monica has her powers now, so she's obviously going to help with this in some capacity. We have the fake Vision in Fietro. Like, is, is Fietro still going to have powers? Like, is he going to be able to help in this fight? Like, who knows? Is freaking White Vision going to be voiced by James Spader? So it's actually just like Ultron. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because that's kind of what I was thinking. Because remember when we saw yeah. James Spader listed as the voice of Ultron in WandaVision? I was like, well, oh, this yeah, would be a good right. place to do it. Like, yeah. if, they, if they were going to do it, granted, you can't believe all the castings until you actually see the damn show. That could be completely fake news. Um, but you never know. It would be a good time to do it. It would make sense. I don't know. It's possible. But yeah, the crown thing here, because then you had later on that scene where this is another thing too with this. When they go to start doing the whole It's a Wonderful Life thing, they show her when she was a kid, and then the Stark bomb comes down and it doesn't go off. And then Agatha's trying to piece together like how this all started. And like Agatha thinks that she was has always been a wish or a witch rather, as opposed to her getting her powers from the Infinity Stone. Mm-hmm. It was never actually confirmed whether or not that's the case. That's just what Agatha thinks. You know, because we know she got the powers from the stone, but they could easily retcon that to be like, well, no, she was a witch, because that's what it seems like they're kind of saying. Like, she, because they even make her- the comment, like, she stopped the bomb, but she's like, no, I didn't stop the bomb. Like, it just was a faulty bomb. Like, whatever. So like, and her powers hmm. were amplified by the... Yeah, potentially, right. Because in, in that scene, okay. you get uh, 
she has that like hallucination of what looks like the silhouette of the Scarlet Witch. Like the OG costume coming down on her. I'm trying to see if I can find it. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's like right around here. And like, it's just a really quick thing. And like this scene doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Like outside of, I mean, there's no context to it. We're not given any context, but it's just weird because then it kind of goes to the whole, the lore behind this Scarlet Witch thing in the MCU and how it's, it's definitely a different thing than it was in the comics. Because in the comics, it was just her moniker. It was just her name. They're definitely making mm-hmm. it out to be like the Scarlet Witch is like a rare occurrence in, in life, but it's a thing that's already existed at some point. Or maybe it, mm-hmm. maybe it's never been seen. Because, you know, it's like maybe she's like Anakin Skywalker, you know, she's chosen one kind of thing. Uh, who knows? But yeah, you get this. Sure. See if we can get this shot here. She looks right back, and then it's. It was it was an interesting scene. It's also interesting yeah. later on when they show the video of this that none of this was seen. She's the only one that experienced this. Yeah, the observers there didn't see this. The video shows her just stand for there for a second, then just fall over. Yeah, it's like the, a cut. The staff and the candy yeah. stone never move. Yeah. Yeah, super weird. Because then it's like, okay, did she just hallucinate it? But if she did, why'd the camera cut? Like, you know what I mean? The feed stops. And it's, mm-hmm. so it's weird. And again, like, maybe it has to go with whatever this new lore for the Scarlet Witch is. Like, I don't know. It was just interesting because you can tell that, you know, it's totally her and her, like, more classic-looking costume. I'm wondering if she's going to actually mm-hmm. be whip throwing this suit on. Like... Now that she's going to be thrown down with Agatha, yeah. you know, like maybe that's what we'll get out of it because we kind of got I, the cheesy comic book, you know, like Halloween. Halloween. One. Yeah. yeah. So I wonder if they're going to give her like a, a new cool one and maybe have like a magic crown, like her Agatha's mom did as opposed to like yep. a solid one. Who knows? Who the hell knows? Could be cool. That'd be cool. If done right. But yeah, other than that, I mean, like, they, like again, like this, this was a great scene. I, I loved all this stuff. Really, it was some pretty emotional, emotional stuff. Mm-hmm. It's good. But there's, I'm, I'm just curious at this point though, what the hell they're gonna be doing with just wrapping it up, you know? Oh yeah, and then yeah. of course the whole the 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 freaking letter that Vision left her, you know, for us yep. to grow old in and like. And then yep. that's just what fucking that's what breaks her right there. And then and it was the cool to see her breaks the camel. Yeah. Yep. And it was cool to see her go through Westview here, and then you see all the the familiar faces of everybody, like you <laughs> the know landmarks. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. The mailman guy was just like a pizza delivery guy, just out there. So now she's just now it was just funny, little things like that. Mrs. Hart is just some woman sitting at a coffee table, like yeah, yeah. It was good, and then and then we guess the, the next big thing, I guess, like the last, I guess there were two big vision things, right? The one we got confirmation that like she did just make him, like she didn't steal she him and reconstitute yeah. him or nothing, like he just is like born from her energy in, in this mm-hmm. shot here. So like that's interesting. It it makes Which, you kind of wonder like how that's gonna. What's going to happen afterward, you know? Sure, and it also makes it make a little more sense as to why he could not 
really make it out of the barrier. Like mm-hmm. he, he was all, it, it was almost like she, him leaving the barrier was almost like her extending her barrier, her magic further. Yet she was, she isn't able to really do it that well. So he was being actively sucked back in cause he's part. Of, so that made, that made more sense about why that scene played out that way. Yeah. Versus, versus if she had just stolen his body and reanimated his body, then there would be less of a reason why it would be sucked back into the hex. Well, and the other thing too, like, and I heard some people speculating about this and like, I don't, I don't know. Cause she got her power from the mind stone and that's where vision had his life was from the mind stone. Her powers are red, but as she is cons- like constructing this fake vision, it's yellow energy coming out. Do you think like some people have been theorizing that like somehow it's like essence of the mind stone being used to kind of reconstitute him in some way? I don't know. I haven't really bought into it, but it's an interest. It is. I'll give you the fact that it's interesting that it's yellow for him, but I think it's just a visual cue because of the mind stone. Yeah, we. But. And we talked about this in one of the earlier episodes of WandaVision. I. I just seriously doubt that they would dip back into the infinity gym. Well, mm-hmm. at this point, I mean, they just wrapped up a decade long saga with the infinity. Gems. Oh yeah. I think at this point we're, we're pretty settled on the fact that, you know, cap got them back to their rightful times and they're going to stay where they belong for a while. Now we may see them come back in one day, but I just don't think the first thing out of the gate after in game is to, have the gyms play a part in this anymore beyond what they have to be, you know, to explain WandaVision's power or Wanda's powers and her interaction with the gym. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think it'd be kind of like how the whole Pietro thing is just kind of a cheap way to throw everyone off. I think it's like, oh, it's the Infinity Stones again is this kind of, yeah. It's lazy more so than anything. It's like, really? We just got to do that again? Like, we we just did it. Like, we just did it. When, and you can just start the clock on when Thanos comes back. Yeah, exactly. It's like, is that, is that coming back too? Like, come on, man. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Where do you see this kind of going then after this? Because there's really... I, I, I don't really know. Because the only thing I can think of is, like, the obvious white vision is going to come in and he's not going to be good, right? Like, it's going to be an Ultron situation. Like, maybe he turns on sword and everybody, and everybody's got to stop him. You know what I mean? We're obviously going to have fake vision versus, it's technically real vision, but white vision. What was called white vision. So, yeah, that's I, obviously going to happen, but... I wonder if this isn't their way to bring vision back. Like, I wonder if... Wanda's going to figure out some way to obviously I think the big for lack of a better way to put it the big fight is Wanda versus Agatha you know Agatha is there's quote unquote stop Wanda whether or not she actually is there to stop her or steal her power who knows at this point Um, but I think that's the main battle I wonder if this vision is sent in by um, sword with the intent to put an end to Wanda, but um, Wanda is able to somehow take the vision that she has constituted and put him basically into a, into the stone or into the head of this new vision and, and give him that physical body that can then 
live outside of the hex. Um, that's kind of my guess as to, and I'm hoping, I'm hoping it's not just a simple, you know, Vision battles, bad vision, and Wanda battles Agatha, and you know, Fiatro battles um, Monica. Why did I forget it? Monica, you know, I'm hoping it's not just like three good guys versus bad guys fights. I'm hoping there's a little more to it. I think there, I think there will be. I think what might end up happening too is instead of them being able to merge the visions, that's how they have to kill this white vision. Like just like Neo did to the Agent Smith in the in the first Matrix movie, he jumps inside of him and then he blows up. I'm thinking Vision's gonna have to go inside of him and blow Sacrifice him up. Sacrifice himself. Yeah. So then we lose Vision again, and it, and it's a way that they can make it like emotional again, but not be like kind of a retread you... because you know. You would think at this point I'd be desensitized to seeing Vision get killed, <laughs> right. but nope, nope. If it happens again, it's going to be awful, and I can I'm dreading it. So I hope you're I just just for the sake of my emotions. I hope you're wrong. Yeah, I can't blame you. That'll be four times dead technically because he got two in Infinity War, and then in this it would be White Vision dying and Fake Vision dying at the same time. So that's four Vision deaths. Like. <laughs> Yeah. A, lot, a lot of death. So I think I could see that happening, though. Because that would, I don't know. Because we know in Far From Home, Vision is confirmed dead. And that is seven months after Endgame. This is like three weeks after oh, Endgame. Well, hold on, hold on a second. Hold on a second, though. We know that Marvel and their timelines don't always match up exactly well. That's because true. there was, what, a, a five-year jump between... Um, Oh, I can't even remember now. There was something about the the first Spider-Man movie with the Battle of New York, and they said like eight. That's what it was. It was eight years later, supposedly. But then you know it didn't match up with the other timeline. So I take yeah, they had to fix it. Yeah, they had to retcon the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I I I wouldn't. I understand what you're saying, but I also think that they could easily come back and say, ah, yeah, but really, what it is is. Yeah, but it totally, it could totally be undone, and no one's gonna, no one's gonna care about that. Either. Most people don't even know that was mentioned in Far From Home. You know, what I mean, like no one even yeah. remembers it. So, but yeah, I don't know. I, I just feel like I hope it is longer, because I mean, I've that my only gripe with the show really has been the length of the episodes. Like I could use a little bit longer episodes, especially the bigger ones, because every time. It's like every time you start to get into it, the credits roll. And then it's also, so they have like 10 minutes worth of credits. So you look and see, you just like hit up on to see how far you're through. And you're like, oh, cool. I got 12 more minutes left. Great. And then two minutes later, the show's over because of the 10 minutes of credits. Like, it's insane. So I really hope this one's a little bit longer. Because I feel like they do have a lot they need to kind of wrap up if they are going to have some tie-ins to, you know, if the tie-ins to this, well, I, I guess we could say rumored tie-ins or rumored connections with the Loki and Doctor Strange and Spider-Man stuff. Like, if that's actually going to be a more interconnected kind of story, then I feel like they definitely have some setup they need to do for that because as it stands right now, I don't really see it being all that connected. 
just just for time's sake you know what i mean if we have another 30 40 minute episode left how are they going to fit that in like i feel like they got yeah. enough to wrap up already without set up for something else so i don't know that's kind of the only thing i'm really hoping for yeah. just a little bit longer give, give us a nice i hope they stick the landing because i liked everything so far I don't know if he, I guess we're going to see Monica actually maybe use her powers and stuff a little bit. Like all they've shown her do was like be able to see the color spectrum in a different way. Haven't had her use any sort of like photon blast or whatever the hell they're going to call her. I don't know if they're going to call her spectrum or photon. I was assuming spectrum because of the, all we've seen her do is see a different spectrum. But if she starts shooting photon blasts out, then maybe they'll call her photon. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, I'm I was actually I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Obviously, I I've, I've loved this series so much that I can't wait to see what the end is. I'm also a little a little uh, apprehensive about the ending because, you know, I I was always under the impression that after this, like the following week we get Falcon and Winter Soldier, but it looks like we're going to have a two-week kind of dry spell there where we don't have any new MCU content. Um but, I mean, we just made it through months and months and months without any over a year without yeah. new MCU content. So yeah. I, I shouldn't complain too much. But um, yeah, that's hopefully hopefully there'll be enough with the ending of Wandavision to kind of keep us, you know, keep us thinking and and and, and analyzing and looking at and and you know maybe we need two weeks from the end of WandaVision to recover before they jump into a new story with Falcon and Winter Soldier. It's possible. Well we do get two. Don't the the immediate following week we get that behind the scenes thing though? For WandaVision. Oh you're right. I think so then do. there is yeah. just one I know you're that's right. not quite the same thing, but that is something and so there's sure. only gonna be like a one one week of nothing. So it's, we still kinda I guess gotta wait two weeks, but in a lot of ways, because you have to wait till Friday. And then we get, but... Yeah, and then you get the overload because then you get Zack Snyder's Justice League, you get WandaVision, and there's something oh, yeah. like King Kong and Godzilla. Oh my god. And yep. that that <laughs> middle part of March, the mid to late part of March is just gonna you better you better block out all your social I guess nobody's doing very very many social interactions right now anyway, but clear your calendar for that. Yeah, that part for of sure. March. March and April, they're going to be popping off for, for genre movie fans, yeah. for sure. God, God, Falcon, Winter Soldier, Godzilla, Snyder Cut, Mortal Kombat. Mortal I'm, Kombat, yeah. I'm probably missing something, but like that's that's four I'm things sure right there. Like, I'm excited for it. Yeah. I just hope they stick the landing. So that's all I really have for it. I'm excited for... I'm standing by though. I, I am like I used to be more excited uh, for Falcon and Winter Soldier, like of all the announced shows, right? But then the most recent uh, Loki trailer they dropped that moved to the top of my list. Like, yeah. I don't know what it is about it, but that, I love that trailer. So I'm, I'm I'm obviously happy we're getting Falcon and Winter Soldier. Like don't get me wrong, but I'm really looking forward to the freaking Loki show now. So. I don't know why. The trailers for Falcon Winter Soldier haven't really blown me away. The Loki one really blew me away. I don't know. Maybe it's because I had like no mm-hmm. expectations for Loki and I had expectations for Falcon. I don't know. Regardless. John, we're gonna wrap this up. So where uh where can all the good folks find you online, good sir, unless you had anything else you wanted to add? 
I just, I because I don't think I said it, I just wanted to say one last thing about th- this particular episode of WandaVision. I really like the fact that we got um, back a more fleshed out backstory for Wanda. Um, we have origin stories for a lot of the main Avengers and Wanda just kind of showed up with Pietro and she, her, her, her backstory was given through exposition. Um, so this was, this was a cool way to actually flesh that out a little more. And so I really enjoyed the fact that we got that through this episode, but other than that, um, that's all I had to say about this. And, um, people can find me over at the, Twitters and the Instagrams at Nightwing underscore K. Um, so drop drop in over there, say hey, uh, let me know what you think about new comics that are coming out, what what you think about my thoughts on the different stuff here, or you can drop comments in the video itself. Uh, and I will just throw out real quick, Rick, we missed you. Um, can't wait to get you back in studio here. Yep, good deal. That's true. Um, Rick, what... We we got some COVID issues here, so Rick couldn't come into the studio. So we're trying to be safe here, obviously. So, well, Rick will be back next week. You can follow Rick. He's not here right now, but let's see what this. I don't know. And I'm not going to pull it up because I got some shit set up back there. He's <laughs> at Sir Rick Metz. Sir, it's R I K M E T Z. Here, let me let me see what it is real quick. Let's see it. Yeah, there it is. Okay, good. It's not on right now. There he is. You can follow Rick right there, everybody. There it is. And you can follow me to simply at Sir Rob Bifo. And uh, yeah, stay tuned. Again, we'll have a... I got a... I haven't decided which one yet, but it's either going to be Commander Cody, Hot Toys Commander Cody, or Solo Darth Maul. One of the two review will be up on Wednesday. I got that coming. We should be streaming again next Friday, so come hang out and chill with us there. We'll also be talking... uh, That'll be the WandaVision finale day. So we'll be talking about that. So come hang out and do that with us. Um, That's pretty much it. That's all I got. Uh, I don't really have anything else. So just like and subscribe, all that good stuff. And then uh, until next time, guys, take care.